Thank you for tuning in to the best parenting show on the internet. Post Daily Dose. Hey, good evening, Facebook family. Welcome to another episode of Post Daily Dose with me, your trusted parent advisor, faithful guide and servant on the healing journey. What's my name? Big Papa Brian Post. I hope everyone's doing fantastic on this fine, manic Monday evening. I had to think there for a moment. This is Monday, isn't it? Yes, it is. It's a fine, manic Monday evening. And uh, ready to bring another uh, episode of the Daily Dose to you. So, um, someone asked me this weekend when I was in New York if uh, actually I had a guy who does training for police officers. And he said, do you ever do anything for police officers? And I said, I had not. And I've, I've talked to a few police officers and I've trained some police officers and I have uh, worked with some police officers over the years. But I've never done a daily dose and I've never done anything specifically talking to police officers. So I thought I'd take some time this evening and do that and just kind of give you guys the uh, the post-love-based perspective on police officers and the art of being trauma-informed. Hey, Patrick. Good evening to you. So here's the thing. Mindfulness is probably the single biggest, and, and I say, I call it being trauma responsive as opposed to being trauma informed. Mindfulness is the single biggest factor involved in police interaction with challenging individuals. And it's it's really no different. If you break down everything that I do, hey, Lisa, they're in uh, sunny Florida. Patrick's in sunny Florida too. If you break down everything that I do, it's it's just like it's almost like the same with with parents to children. Um, if you caught my lecture this past Saturday at the Culinary Institute of America, which you should, I felt like it was really good, um, clear. I had one in, one interaction with a lady um, in the audience who was really challenged by something that I was saying. My interaction with her is the same interaction that I train. Of therapists when it comes to their clients, when I train parents when it comes to their children, which would be the same as, as I would train police officers when it comes to working with, what do we call them, civilians? I should ask my brother. Adam, uh, my One of my older brothers was a military police officer for a long time. I'll have to ask him, but I think it's referred to as, as civilians. When interacting with a civilian, and interesting enough, a, a friend of mine was just saying... Um, that down not too far from here, because I'm back in Oklahoma City, that she was coming from work down this street in, in a, you know, through this particular section of Oklahoma City. And there were uh, police officers in a parking lot surrounding, like right next to the, the major highway surrounding this car. And they all have their guns pulled. And I thought, wow, you know, it's just so, it just gets so intense. And, and I want to say that with, with police officers, I feel like the one thing that we always have to keep in mind that you have to keep in mind is what is your goal? Like th there are always going to be in every industry, in every profession, there are going to be individuals. Hey, Mimi, there are going to be individuals who are um, more prone to stress and therefore less mindful and therefore and probably have so much of their own trauma 
that they end up making really bad decisions and doing really harmful things. But by and large, most police officers are not oriented that way. Most police officers want to protect and they want to serve. And so I think by understanding that as a police officer, when you start thinking about being mindful, being mindful is the ability to pay attention to yourself first. And I really want to encourage you to learn to practice your breathing because when we are stressed, and I say this so often, when we are stressed, our thinking becomes confused and distorted. And you guys work in these high, high stress, high risk situations. And I'm just talking about your involvement. So this will probably have to be a couple episodes. I'm just talking about your involvement with your everyday civilian. So those are high stress um, there's high unpredictability, you know, there's no consistency in those interactions. The first thing you have to do is you have to be aware of your own internal state. And that's, and the way, the best way to do that is by teaching yourself practicing breathing. Breathing through your stress. When your adrenaline starts to spike, learning to breathe as opposed to holding your breath because the thing we do first is we hold our breath. And the moment you start holding your breath, you are actually increasing cortisol in your brain. And when you're increasing cortisol in your brain, you're taking your thinking and you're taking your short-term memory completely offline. You cannot be present in that moment. You're actually in an overwhelmed uh, situation in that moment and you're unable to think clearly and I, I, I am convinced that this is where bad police decisions get made at the first at the first level when you are walking up on a car for instance and you have your hand on your gun and you're waiting for that person to roll their window down or maybe they've got their their window rolled down you have to be so mindful in that situation and you have to be the more you are able to tune in to your own internal state to your to your heart rate to your breath to your tone of voice the more and you're able to stay online and you're able to stay focused and you're able to see so what adrenaline does, adrenaline is a primary stress hormone. What adrenaline does is it actually causes your pupils to dilate. When you know that your heart rate's going up, it's because your pupils are dilating and you're taking in more sensory um, input. Well, the problem with that is when your brain starts taking in a lot of sensory input, you're prone to getting overwhelmed. When you, when you get overwhelmed, you move outside of regulation into dysregulation. Dysregulation being that state akin to all uh, psychiatric, e emotional, behavioral, and physical problems. When you move into dysregulation, it's going to be really hard for you to make the best decisions. But if you can practice your breathing, fundamentally practice your breathing, keep your cortisol down. You may not always be able to keep your heart rate down because that autonomic, that's why they call it autonomic. It, it, it's automatic. Your autonomic response system will, will all of a sudden, it's, it's like unconsciously, it's sensing threat in the environment. And of course, you may potentially be coming up on a threatful, threatening situation. But if you can learn to breathe, practice your breathing, practice your breathing while you're calm, not when you're stressed. When you guys are sitting around waiting for, you know, waiting to, to, to catch someone speeding or you're waiting for a, to get a call on your, over your, your signal, your CB or whatever that is you use nowadays, 
practice your breathing, practice being calm, practice being mindful. And this is one of, it's, it's just like with athletes. We're so, you see this publicly, you always see athletes like breathing hard and you're getting all worked up, worked up. But the, the greatest athletes of all time have always been the ones who are able to slow themselves down. The more you slow yourself down, the more you're able to see, the more you're able to sense, the more you're able to feel and be aware. And so realizing that first and foremost as a police officer is going to be important. It's going to be so important. Secondly, when you are in engaging with the civilian, they automatically feel threatened. And it's unfortunate, but these days and times, we automatically feel threatened when it comes to an authority figure, and a police officer is always an authority figure. So most, most people, when you encounter them and you engage them, they're going to be stressed. Depending on their experiences, they may be outside of their window of tolerance, and they may be in states of dysregulation. Well, for whatever reason, maybe they didn't think they were speeding. Maybe they've had a bad day at work. Maybe they just got fired. Maybe they're arguing with their children or a parent has just died. Something, you know, maybe we don't, we never know. You never know what individuals, civilian individuals are going to be bringing to the, to the forefront for you as a police officer. But when you're able to stay mindful, what you're able to do is you're able to remember that they are stressed. Remember that severe behavior arises from a state of stress. This comes from the stress model theory. It came up with this 20 years ago. All behavior, when you're interacting, when you're engaging with an individual that you've had to get involved with, the only reason you're getting involved with that individual is because there's stress, stress present. Now, remember that. As a police officer, someone who is, is designated to protect and serve you don't have to pull over someone who's driving the speed limit. You don't pull over people who are standing on the sidewalk kissing and hugging and laughing and having fun. You don't get engaged in those situations. You get engaged in situations where there is stress present. And when there is stress present, people are not thinking clearly. Now, this is something really important. That I really, really, really want to try to, to convey to you. When you're interacting with a civilian in any given situation, nine times out of 10, they are stressed out. They're outside of their window of tolerance, which means fundamentally, they are not thinking clearly and their short-term memory is suppressed. When you're able to breathe, as a police officer for yourself, when you're able to be mindful and breathe and calm yourself down, you're able to observe other individuals in a state of stress. Remember, all behavior arises from a state of stress. In between the behavior and the stress is the presence of a primary emotion. There are only two primary emotions, love and fear. That's right there. That's the seesaw. That's the bottleneck between love and fear. It's where do you want to be? You have to be able to, you want to be able to bring yourself over closer to a place of love then you want to be into a place of fear. Because when you're on in that place of fear, you're not thinking clearly, your short-term memory is suppressed, and you're seeing more threats. When you can be over to that place of love, you can be more mindful of yourself, you can be more aware, and because you can be more mindful, more aware of yourself, you can see in that moment that the individual you're dealing with, they are stressed. And I don't even need you to, to see it. I need you to just 
Remember, I need you to commit it to memory. They are in a state of stress. And because they are in a state of stress, it is going to affect their thinking. It's going to affect their short-term memory. They're, and because they're in a state of stress, they're also going to be more prone to survival. So if you approach an individual, if you approach an individual, granted, you you know, you guys get trained, you have to have that that hand on that gun. You, you've been trained to be alert. You've got a sensitive amygdala because you've been trained to be alert, depending on your history. And that, that's a whole nother episode. That's a whole nother topic. The history that you come to police service with has an, has an, an impact on the things that you see. And I can talk about that at another time, because when you get stressed, that brainstem releases those memories, which informs you in any given situation. So when you can start to calm yourself down and be focused, what you're actually doing, and everyone feels like, and this is so common for our society, we feel like we've got to be hard. You feel like you got to be firm. You feel like you got to use a loud voice and you have to be intimidating. You don't. That's actually the opposite of what you want to do. You don't want to be intimidating to an individual. Yes, you can be firm. Yes, you want to speak clearly. But if you think about this individual already being in an environment of stress, if you think about this individual already not thinking clearly, short-term memory suppressed, they've already broken the law or, or potentially done something that they shouldn't have done, they're already stressed. Your ability to calm down and be mindful allows you the opportunity to see them in stress. Being able to see, remember, anytime there's there's behavior, there's stress, and that stress goes over to fear, and that fear is what drives the behavior. If you can start seeing every individual you encounter, every individual that you interact with as being scared and stressed, as opposed to angry, as opposed to belligerent, as opposed to disgruntled, as opposed to, to prejudice or racist or nasty, see them as stressed and scared, it's going to change your own internal reaction. It's not what it's not going to do. It's not going to make you less effective. It'll actually make you more effective. Now think about this. If you're a police officer, you walk up on someone, well, you got, let's say it's you and your, you and your partner. One side is you and the other side is your partner. If you walk up and you, you, you know, both of you are prepared and you say, Hey, sir, how you doing today? I noticed this was going on. What does that do to a stressed out person? But what if, on the other hand, your partner goes over to the window, goes over to the other passenger side, beats on the window, roll the window down, roll the window down, gun on, 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 their, on their hip, roll the window down. Maybe they even pull it. What does that do to the individual? Think about that. That's not rocket science. That's brain science. Stress causes confused and distorted thinking, suppresses the short-term memory. When we are stressed, we are on hyper alert. We are hyper vigilant. We are not thinking clearly. We are prone to making the worst decisions in stress. So if you have an individual who's already stressed out and scared, do you really want to speak to them in a way that causes them to be more stressed out and more scared? I think the answer is no. And this is how we end up, police officers end up getting killed. Not because, not because they're, they're um, not being not being aware, but because in their own stress, in their own overwhelm, they're actually creating dynamics to 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 potentially 
pushed the, the civilian over the edge, over the breaking point to where they actually, they make bad decisions and fundamentally, secondarily, fundamentally, primarily in a state, in an escalated state for, for a police officer, you are not as focused as you should be. You are not as mindful as you should be. If I could get every police officer in the United States before they go and actually get out of their car to actually take 10 to 20 deep breaths, you're usually setting back there anyway, running the license plate. Why not take 10 to 20 deep breaths? And remember, in that moment, you're about to go deal with a scared individual, a scared individual, a scared individual. And as soon as you can walk up on that individual and you can ascertain that there's no imminent danger, because we know that probably not nine out of 10 situations that most police officers deal with, there's probably not imminent danger. Now, we know that there's always the percentage, right? And I say nine out of 10, maybe maybe it's seven out of every 10. I, I'm just assuming as a civilian um, that every situation there's, you know, and maybe you get, maybe you all get trained to think that there's imminent danger in every situation. I don't know. But I can imagine every situation, your average traffic stop, you have to be aware and alert, but most of them don't end up in cops getting shot and getting killed or people trying to run over them or stab them. So what if every police officer could just take 10 to 20 deep breaths before they get out of the car? It's going to change your brain. It's going to change the state that you're in. And it's going to change your focus. And when that happens, it's going to help you be more safe. And not only is it going to help you be more safe, but it's going to help you be more mindful and more aware of the people that you're dealing with. And yes, you may have to give them a ticket, but remember, they are scared and stressed out individuals. And when you give them that ticket, that ticket has nothing to do with you. That ticket has everything to do with the fact that they probably are, are late on bills as, as it is. Or they've, you know, they've got issues at, at work. Or maybe they're going to lose their insurance. Or maybe they're going to lose their driver's license. There's so many things that are going on with that person above and beyond just what's what's that ticket that you may be writing them. So... I just, I mean, I, I want every, every police officer, I'm so thankful for police officers. You guys put your lives on the line every single day. I want you to be safe. And I also want you to be maximally effective. And I also want people not to be getting shot, not to be getting hurt. And police officers have to, having them to go on trial and all this, this drama that goes on. And I think that if we can learn to be more trauma responsive, and I can go, go so much more into this. If we can learn to be more trauma responsive, I think we can save more police officers' lives, and I think we can save the lives of more civilians that police officers are, are have to have been mandated to protect and serve. And so let me do my part. Here's, here's my part in addition to this. If you're in a police department, if you work, you serve in a police department right now, if you're if your department is interested in being trauma-informed, I want you to reach out to me and trauma responsive. I don't believe in just being trauma informed. I believe you have to be trauma responsive. I want you I want someone from your department to reach out to me and I will come and do a free training for you. If if I can help save one police officer's life and potentially one civilian's life, I want to do a free training. So any police department anywhere in the United States, if you guys are interested, all you got to do is you cover my travel. I will come and spend a full day, three hours, six hours, whatever it needs to be, 
helping you just get a, get a good idea of what it means to be really trauma responsive and how how trauma that we experience as police officers how it in, impacts us and how the trauma that your your civilians that you there are there serving and interacting with how trauma and stress impacts them so if i can do my part that's what i want to do and so that's my um offer to, to any police department in any any part of the, the United States, I will come and I will do a free training for your department. All you got to do is get me there. So, um, guys, that's it for this evening. Remember, in any given situation, we always have two choices. We can continue to react from our same imprints of stress, fear, and overwhelm, or we can stop, we can slow down, take three to ten deep breaths, and in that process, we can choose love. God bless each and every one of you. Big Papa loves you. We'll see you tomorrow.